So welcome guys to episode number 39 in total uh, of the Lean Into Life podcast and I'm delighted to welcome Andy Fitzgerald onto the podcast for a chat. Andy or Andy Fitzmove PT uh, is a strength coach and a physical therapist and just looking through social media, doing a bit of research, I saw a quote there that kind of sums them up, get strong, not just flexible. So we're going to talk a bit more about that. Um, uh, Andy's an uh, accomplished uh, sportsman as well over the years, playing football for his local club spa um, and representing East Kerry as well. Um, and he's also a very accomplished basketballer um, who won a Division One National League title with, I think it was Team Garvey's, Castle Island. Um, and went on to play for, I think it was Blue Demons Division 1 and got a League Cup as well I think with Cologland so um, and it was his recovery from injury and studying physical therapy um, and he found his uh, calling so to speak helping others to work on their own bodies to become more resilient to injury um, rather than waiting until they get injured to, to work on their strengthening so we're going to delve into that and he's also a lover of the outdoors um, you can check his Instagram, we find him on his boat on the lakes of Klani over in, in, in Shvalen Island, climbing mountains and uh, doing some very impressive handstands in various uh, locations. So one day I'll be able to do that. That's a goal of mine, huh? Um, anyways, delighted to have him on. Um, and as I said, I've been uh, with Andy uh, myself, being um, some, um, some work in his gym. And, um, you know, I've seen great improvements my own range of motion, which we're going to talk a little bit more in depth. So without further ado, welcome Andy to the Lean Into Life podcast. Thanks very much, Michael, for having me on. No worries at all. So uh, first question, how are you? Um, been a strange 19 months. Um, how, how are you kind of, how's this all been going, sort of processing what's happened sort of globally, but also, you know, professionally and, and how's, how's everything? Uh, it's good, it's good, Michael. I, I can't complain really, I suppose. You know, I feel like in Killarney, really here, and in Kerry, we're 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 locked into heaven as opposed to locked in full stop. So that's that's been great to be, you know, out exploring and getting getting more time outside and stuff is always good good, good with me. Yeah, and I think as I said, this uh, we were blessed down here. The first lockdown, I actually went down back to uh, uh, Galway and with the folks but like the second third lockdown I was down here and it was you know we're blessed to have this on our doorstep you know in the national parks and all we could do really was walk and mm. the old uh, takeaway coffee <laughs> and um uh, but no it's great to it's great to have that for um in in our back garden so we'll kind of get into the physical therapy in a little bit just wanted to get a little bit of background um I know we talked before in your place there you know you keen footballer you played a bit in America as well, um, and obviously basketball was a passion. Um, coming, what I know is coming here actually to Ireland was how big basketball is in Ireland, and I've seen pictures and, and kind of talked to people about back in like you know the seventies, eighties, nineties. It was you know big crowds and it was a massive thing. What what was your kind of growing up? Were you watching it on TV, the glory days, NBA, kind of that kind mm. of stuff? How did you get into it? Was it football first or basketball, or was it a bit of both? Well, I suppose when you when you grow up in Kerry, it's it's always football first. But um, when I was young, I suppose we we only had the two channels, so you didn't get to see much NBA. It's not like today where you can just click in a name on YouTube and you can see 
every single player in the world really but um I suppose I was lucky enough that my uncle was a teacher in my school and he had played basketball for Ireland and he would take me along to games and stuff and all my uncles were really good really to take me to games and stuff and I suppose from from young age um Killarney is a big basketball town so that was really an aspiration of mine to to play basketball for for Killarney and to play in the National League but um I think it's probably the most played sport in Ireland probably outside GA at schools level and it's oh, really? really surprising to me that it's actually not bigger because with our climate and stuff um I think it would really suit to 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 be playing a lot more basketball with the with the wind and rain and uh, the elements during the winter I think it um it it's really would for be indoor sport yeah. yeah better than outdoor yeah mm-hmm. um and was it football obviously football was a big thing in Kerry um and it's drummed into you know when you're growing up um you had a passion for both um and were you able to play both or did you have to sort of commit to one or no I played both really um I think there was one instance all right there was um there was a Munster under 16 basketball team and there was a Kerry under 16 development squad football team and that was the only time I was made pick one and I, I picked basketball at the time yeah but um other than that they crossed over a lot but I suppose the hardest thing was that um I suppose there isn't the education there is now about training teams and stuff and you were expected to do the full uh practice session of football and basketball so like fr- from the ages of probably 14 to the rest of my life it was doing you know seven to ten training sessions a week which probably was counterproductive to be honest about it and probably um didn't help with all the injuries that I accumulated over the years yeah I kind of read somewhere online um I was doing a bit of a research um had a list of your injuries and I think it was like trying to you know you'd probably write a list down of things you haven't injured like it'd be probably quicker um so you you pretty much had everything kind of uh torn or fractured or some um and uh as you said it was and it's funny you say that because that's another question we're going to talk about later on about the the pressures and it's still going on i remember 15 year old was in here and uh had fierce problems with i think his his hip flexors or his hip or something and i was like how many games did you play this week and he was like oh this be my fourth coming up or something like mm-hmm. playing for the school he was in the development squad then playing yeah. for his club and he had a big game coming up and he probably shouldn't have played but yeah. he ended up getting a physio don't know what physio uh injected him uh into you know just to get him through the game and stuff he's a 15 years of age you know Mm -hmm. um and you know that's not the only story i've heard and all you know and no wonder you know maybe they have to pull out early or can't or break down and stuff like that so we'll go into that a little bit more but um those injuries is that something when you sort of then you got into physical therapy is that how it kind of worked and you sort of said look i'm getting a lot of injuries here i want to find out a bit more about yeah 100 percent. i think like I'd had so many injuries and I'd seen so many different doctors and therapists and all sorts of um, treatments and I, I was really, you know, doing my own research all the time of how, how I could come back quicker and how I could avoid getting injured. So that, that was really a platform, I suppose, at the time for 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 me just to avoid getting injured, if, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, and in regards to the training, um in regards to sort of basketball and football, that you mentioned a bit about the crossover um, in skills, did you find it gave you, you know, obviously your what are you six five six six something like yeah, that something like yeah six, maybe yeah. six four and a half. Yeah, so, you're, <laughs> so you've got an edge on me at the, um, but um, 
you obviously had had the height and physicality, but like you know, like you know, Kieran Donnelly and players like that who've come from from basketball into GA as well, um, who played both. You know, jumping, mm-hmm. maybe hand eye, maybe re- reaction speed, maybe um, you know um, power. Did that? You find that was a there was a good crossover to your skills from basketball into yeah. football and vice versa. Definitely, I suppose the one thing with GA is like like, and I know it's things are improving all the time, but when we were growing up it could be a situation that you'd go to a training and there might be two footballs between 30 guys yeah. and I mean even if you play a GA game to this day you can have a really good game and probably have the ball in your hand 15 times whereas in a basketball game you're going to or at a basketball training session you're going to have the basketball in your hand probably 100 times or more Yeah. so that hand eye coordination and um, that confidence with the ball in hand is, is, is really going to develop playing, playing a sport like basketball yeah and that's suppose that like you're doing a lot of jumping, obviously. So a lot of a lot of jumping, a lot of reactions. Um, yeah. So obviously the ball bounces after ring a lot because, in general, only three out of ten shots are going to go into the basket in Ireland. So that's that seven times, that, yeah, yeah, that it's going to go any direction. So you're always reacting to the ball. Yeah, um, and then as that crossover then to sort of your vertical jump and your, your yeah. I suppose your traits that you've got that will transfer over to to a sport and I think I've seen posts about you know from you and I totally agree and it's kind of a pet peeve as well do you know where you know I said it's probably getting better but um, maybe obviously at the, the sort of inter-county level obviously but like you know coaching um, specific like for your particular sport or mm. position um, and you know about you know just running players um, without teaching the basic skills or people going to the gym and maybe getting a lot of hypertrophy works so are getting bigger but don't have that sort of connective tissue that kind mm-hmm. of supports them that joint um, and they break down or you know and they might be not training sort of acceleration or, or, mm-hmm. or power work or agility change direction or short bursts you know speed work which is what it is specific to the actual sport so do you come across that a lot I suppose basically kind of yeah just um, running plays for the sake of it completely yeah I think um, you know we, we actually with the, 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 with coaches with the best of intentions but but overworking guys you know and guys fatigued I mean it's just it's an epidemic in sport in Ireland really and I, I suppose I saw it myself firsthand because I was tall and skinny and I was probably playing senior football and basketball since I'm 16 or 17 years old and like you know probably 25 wondering geez I, I could jump a lot higher when I was 20 than I was when I was 25 mm-hmm. why is this because I was doing too much and I mean even myself I couldn't understand that my mentality would be to go out and do more work and do even more um, of every sort of training but but um, I think you know it's it's easy to see now from the outside in just uh, I, I suppose coaches almost justify their jobs by by doing volume as opposed to how correct and how specific it is to the sport um, like I mean you see very little coaches who say oh we did a lot of reaction time work tonight or we did a lot of foot speed or we worked on our speed off the mark it's, it's all going for distance and going for volume which, which really doesn't help with your speed off the mark and I suppose Michael I, I wouldn't know a lot about your sport soccer but, but I, I'd watch it obviously but yeah. talking to guys you know the really good players appear like even though the field is the same size they have more time on the ball they have more time on the ball, obviously, because of their perception, but also their reaction speed is so good, you know, and that, that that's what really separates the really good players from the average players, yeah. is being able to react really quickly and, and be quick off the mark. Yeah, it's funny you say that. That just reminded me of a conversation I had with, you know, Brendan Maloney, the oh, footballer, yeah. he was on the podcast, and he says that he was really, he was obviously a professional 
athlete like and he was probably I think he was playing for Northampton at the time and he was playing against Man United mm-hmm. in a League Cup game I think it was um, or an FA Cup I think it was maybe two divisions between this I think maybe he was League One at the time and obviously they're a Premier League team and there was a few big names playing like he was a mark he's a right back mark in Depay I think Memphis is now was he Barcelona now was he mm-hmm. And then, like, Rooney was playing, Zlatan came on, you know. But he, I said, I was just quite, you know, intrigued, like, to see, I was like, what, obviously you're both professionals, but what, what was the difference between mm-hmm. you guys and them? And, got, and he said, like, that just the, they were two or three passes already gone in the head. They knew when the ball, and you could zip a ball into Rooney, he'd kill it dead, like, and you'd know who was behind him, you know, to lay it off or turn or he would, it was just that even they're both professional footballers, but that there was a, there was a, he said there's a big difference between their reaction and their speed time and just their processing of the, of the game, mm-hmm. which was interesting to see because they're both obviously professional yeah. athletes, but it's levels then, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, but you know, the fact that it's a multidisciplinary sport, like, you know, soccer and guard, but yeah. it's, it's, it's training for that. And, um, do you know, I suppose when I was sort of playing, it, it maybe. You know, I got to SNC started coming in a little bit, uh, but there was teams and they were kind of decent, kind of highly high enough level teams where, you know, the, the SNC coach was kind of like the the massage therapist or you know, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. not really an SNC, but like, you know, um, and it was only sort of maybe later on, I was coming towards the end of it, you know, you start getting a bit more studies and research mm-hmm. on it, but um, but even when I came to you with like I had really poor sort of my hip extension, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And even I found the last few years of playing was like the strength, like even striking the ball hmm. through that quad and that hip flexor, I found it, it would kind of agitate me because I just didn't have hmm. the range there and, and the strength there. So, um, but it, it's amazing by, by by tweaking those and working on those. Hmm. Um, as you said, I think, and I read that you felt that you played better when you were older and you knew how to look after your body is that right kind of yeah 100 percent um when i when i started to understand how important recovery was and also i suppose i would have done so much overtraining, like i would have been really physically strong and just tired and fatigued all the time and dead on my feet from doing too much of the okay. ramp training and then obviously when you're not talented enough to be guaranteed to be playing without going to all the trainings That's you've got thing. to put in all those sessions and i suppose a lot of the time and i see it a lot now with young players um their natural rhythm is kind of disturbed of their mechanics and stuff by by just doing random strength and conditioning stuff and i suppose not having the correct coaching or coaches that understand like the different needs of different players yeah i mean some guys are genetically gifted and they'll take any kind of training and they'll respond and be really good but most of us aren't most of us are just average and i suppose to 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 really develop and get get to our maximum athletic potential it, it has to be um you know a really uh, specific training plan yeah. and and i suppose the key to that is, is 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 almost being lucky and coming across the right guys yeah but i think you know that they're like into periodization and it's not like you know you might find you could go into a session and you're you end up working all these different energy systems mm-hmm. in one go you know you could be aerobic anaerobic yeah. you know you could be trying to like throw everything into one session where you know if you followed as you said like a, a plan a periodization model or depending obviously if you're a pre-season in-season competition phase or whatever but to do specifically if you're going to work on agility and mm-hmm. you know change of directions or whatever that that night that's what you're working on or your sprints or yeah obviously you can bring a bit of ball in and, and this and that but like trying to throw, throw as you said just throw everything in there without any sort of sort of reason or science-based mm-hmm. kind of um and you find that probably happens a lot and i've been in sessions like that which you know you don't know what and then 
but uh, that rest and digest is huge and that, that wasn't really something that people looked at because it's when it's when you improve and as you know yourself you know that's where you're is, is when you're sleeping and you're recovering yeah. is where you grow or you get stronger and things like that mm -hmm. so it's not now it might be slightly changing now and i think it, it is at obviously elite levels but uh, you know that's huge and i think the way that guy that 15 year old was going you know it was yeah there was no recovery look there it was just like next game you know and because you're young and you're 15 like you said you want to mm -hmm. you want to be playing in development squads you want to be playing for the club and then the school's on show and it's like pressure yeah. i suppose that comes into the mindset as well which we'll, we'll touch on a bit later just for the listeners who don't um you talk about you know you know range of motion a lot and you work a lot just explain what what that is and and why is it important for people to work through their full range or, or yeah so, um, so I suppose there's a, like the hip mobility is really a buzzword at the moment and you see so many guys with all sorts of drills and trying to sell all sorts of mobility but I suppose really it has to be tangible and there's different tests you can do whether it's a sit and reach hamstring test or whether it's a hip extension test or an ankle dorsiflexion but I suppose if you want to be at your, reaching your full potential as an athlete you you need to be able to fire on all cylinders really and tap into the full potential of their ranges you have available some people are really blessed and um they're 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 um born almost with with, with a perfect mobility in every in every which way but but most of us through injuries through incorrect training through faulty movement patterns that develop and whatnot that's me, that's me, yeah. we, we we um basically are out of sync and out of balance and um we're we're compromised at, at, at different ranges in our joints so i suppose what, what i'm trying to tell people that is is reset their natural balance in the body and um create equilibrium in in, in their joints um so that they can I suppose tap into more of their athletic ability, take more training, recover better, all that type of stuff. Yeah, um, but that's true. Like you find when I say I'm doing unilateral work with guys, or they say single leg work or whatever, they can try and go onto one leg and can mm -hmm. hardly stand up. You know, whereas you know if they're doing two legged bilateral mm -hmm. stuff, and it's because they haven't, uh, you know, really worked on on that joint. And when we were talking about hip extension, when but, I came, but to I suppose it's like two, you know, like when I was young and I was starting to lift weights and stuff in the gym and the trainer said squat deeper but like I couldn't squat deeper because yeah, I didn't yeah. have any ankle range of mobility I didn't have any proper thoracic extension I couldn't um, internally rotate my tibias there were so many little different things but yet the answer was always you need to squat deeper but like if you don't have if you can't access those ranges of motion you're, you're really flagging it at heart so I suppose it's about by being able to identify the different um, limitations and being able to correct them to help people to, to be able to achieve movements like yeah. a squat or, or whatever full body movement it is. And that's the thing, it's like, oh, just throw someone throws out squat deep and you're mm. like, okay, how, how do I do mm. that? Like, as in, how do I work on those, which yeah. you explain great there, you know, because I'd find that my squat depth wasn't great. Um, then working on as you said hip extension my ankle mobility was wasn't great obviously I, I injured my Achilles and stuff but like since I've been working on those areas mm. and again my my, my t-spine my thoracic wasn't great my shoulder mobility so, so working on those mm. and kind of getting deep into stretches and I do the one where you know the foot up against the wall or against mm -hmm. the um and I find you know this really my my squat depth has come on no end you know so it's Excellent. an hour it's it's allowing me to go deep and it doesn't feel like oh 
no, so basically it allows you to get maximum value for your squats when you can access the full range of movement and I suppose that's more bang for your buck you're yeah, getting more out but that's the boring intricate stuff that has to be done to get the value from the big lift yeah you can't just oh I'm going to squat deeper yeah. you have to work on those things like you know yeah. um, so I mean talk about kind of say like that people who of any age not not just uh, 40 plus like myself um, you know like stiff who feel a lot of kind of people who feel kind of oh you know getting out of bed and mm-hmm. um, and you know picking up niggling injuries and um you know, you talk about, and I, I preach it as well, that prehab before rehab kind mm-hmm. of um, and making people more resilient. Mm-hmm. You know, I find people who don't do anything until they're actually in, you know, mm-hmm. they've injured themselves and they're like, oh, strengthening, what's all that about? Like, you know, so it's, is that a lot of work where you you kind of talk about um, that sort of prehab? Yeah, I suppose, like, when we're all up to 12 years old, really, we're all in perfect balance and stuff and we're really supple and like we're ready to climb a mountain and go to football training after and go to basketball after that but when we're when we become adults it's like oh my back hurts my knee hurts and i sneezed and i put my back out or whatever like i mean that's that's the reality of where it is but i think it's about having like we sit a lot of the day we sit in cars um we sit watching the tv so like we're we're not using um you know all of our all of our muscles and all of our tendons and all of our ligaments we're not challenging our bodies the way we should so a lot, a lot of what we do is just about resetting so, so a lot of adults are missing shoulder extension hip extension hip extension ankle dorsiflexion are some of the big ones so they're they're easy to identify and easy to test and i suppose um it's trying to reclaim those missing ranges of motion and and resetting the body if you like um, because because of the stuff that we put it through, or just and and at times the stuff we don't put it through. Yeah, and and the good thing about anyone anyone can start from any position, you know, and they'll be able to get benefit once they work on any age. Absolutely, any yeah. Sex. That's that's the one big thing that I I really um strict on is that everything has to be tangible and measurable. That it's not just random saying, oh, this might make it better, or this might help, or whatever. It, it uh, or, or or get someone to say oh this feels good because we know there's people out there that'll sell you whatever but but everything has to be measurable measured yeah, yeah. and that's when uh, and like you know the same as you know going and measuring your your dorsiflexion and your mm-hmm. ankle you know measured measured measure you know what you know amount of hyperflexion or e- even things like you know people say oh core strength your core strength but like how do they measure it? So that that's really important to me as well. Like, and we have a couple of specific tests that we build towards. And um, and well, what tests would they be? Kind so of so for example, a lot of the lads that work outside would would a full L sit. The target is to hold it for thirty seconds. Also, a hanging a hanging uh, leg raise with straight legs, thirty second hold as well. So again, those are those are easy to measure, and uh, it's easy to scale back as well. If someone just like we don't expect everyone just to walk in and be able to do an L sit, so. We can scale it back and use a lot of different progressions to to build up to that. Yeah. Um, and when did you get into sort of the, I suppose, calisthenics in a way, kind of rings, body weight stuff? Yeah. Kind of? So, so um, without trying to bore you to that, Michael, <laughs> <laughs> initially fine. I went to college and I was working at a gym and stuff. And then I was doing this and that. And I went and did a physical therapy and a lot of stuff was making sense about the body and stuff. But it was still like, you know, I felt like that I wasn't really where I needed to be physically. And then I remember, I think it might've been 2014 or something. I was in, um, I was in New York and the street dancers came out, the guys in the street and 
they were cartwheeling and they were jumping off little pillars and they were landing on the concrete and I was saying to myself you know I'm squatting huge weight and I'm deadlifting but it, but if I jump off that wall and land I, th- I think my legs will actually break into little Snap. bits so these guys are jumping off and they're landing softly each time so I was saying there's something missing here that's not in the exercise books or that's not in all the yeah, stuff yeah. I did in college there, there's something missing here and I was due to get ankle surgery at the time um, because I have no ATFL ligament on my left ankle and in fairness to the surgeon and he was really good at the time he was he was trying to put off the surgery the season was over and stuff but in the meantime I, I met like I was looking around to see like what kind of training do these guys do the guys that were yeah, dancing yeah. on the street and uh, I came across a guy who worked in the circus that was his background and he was living in Dublin at the time and um, I ended up meeting meeting up with him a lot and um, uh, basically becoming an online student of his at the time and um it was just a whole different way of thinking of the exercises that they had been doing back through time, like li- 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 literally from thousands of years ago. Wow. And um, it was amazing stuff. And I mean, um, it's well documented and people can find it, what, what, what these guys were doing. Um, I suppose everything now was kind of brushed back. I mean, like Olympic rings turned into TRXs and, yeah, you know, which is fine. But I'm saying that originally training was hard and you know the the results were 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 obvious like um i suppose if you look at olympic sports like gym, gymnastics they might be the most fullest expression of of what a human can do athletically in the whole world so like obviously none of us are probably going to make it to the next olympics or whatever but imagine if we could even take a little fraction of what those guys do and bring it to our yeah. training i think i think the results would be just absolutely amazing it's hugely impressive like the yeah it's just just I love watching it just to see the feats of yeah movement and strength exactly and, and and I suppose the coordination every single thing that's incorporated in it but like I said we, we might never be able to do what they do but if we just even add in a little bit of it mm. how, how beneficial it's going to be for our bodies yeah and it's it's funny I had a conversation with this about um, a few days ago actually and like when I'm going back to my I remember in primary schools so going back a while now mm-hmm. Um, we had the old-fashioned sort of gym in the hall, you know, with the the wall bars, the monkey bars. We had mm-hmm. um, even those, you know, those benches used to have a school, and we turned them upside down, and they had like the maybe I don't know how inch uh, like a balance beam, so okay. they were like upside down oh, yeah. long benches, yeah, you know, you'd all yeah. sit on an assembly, yeah. turn them upside down, and that would be your sort of balance section. Yeah. Then you go on like a little assault course, like you yeah, know, and we did head springs. I remember, I don't know how we he used to have the PE teacher there. Yeah. He'd be at the the pommel horse or whatever. You'd spring, yeah. and he'd be kind of helping you over to land mm-hmm. and stuff like stuff that you just not done these days. But yeah. it, I think if you look at even uh, when JFK was president of America, there's a lot of videos of the money was going to be invested in in um, making the young people healthier as opposed to investing the money in hospitals and stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of documentation and uh and and videos even you can watch on YouTube of of what they were bringing into the schools at the time was rope climbing and like yeah, obstacle courses yeah, like that yeah. and all that stuff, but um obviously that that was all done away with and everything now is scaled back and watered down so, um we're back to the kind of um, I suppose, let's let's don't fix anything until it's broken. Yeah, but, just but, kind of but go we, out and play a bit of football or something like exactly. that. Exactly, whereas, whereas the, the tier, well, what, what I suppose I'm trying to do is help people reach their athletic potential, but also create resilience in the body and strengthen joints. Yeah. 
yes so that we're less susceptible to injuries and stuff and that we can get the most out of our training and stuff and and again not just athletes but people in general i mean i think we we have a kind of a mindset of oh i'm old and my back is sore and my shoulders are rounded and i walk with my head down and my neck is sore but like we accept that but that's not the way the body wants to be it's what we're doing to it so we're trying to reverse all that stuff and that was another point um yeah brilliantly said um because if you if you keep telling your mind your subconscious that oh i'm older mm-hmm. do you know i've do you know i get out of bed and i'm all do you know what do you think's going to happen do you know if you yeah. keep on telling yourself that narrative um and then good example actually um mutual friend uh, alan devan uh, mm-hmm. alan d from port mcgee he had a fairly bad ankle that's right when it was like maybe a grade two or something it's pretty mm-hmm. bad and again somebody called oh i'm going to be out for ages now and mm-hmm. whereas i think he came back fairly quickly like yeah, under with he, your help he, he as came well back quick but i think um i think we'd all love to have alan devan's <laughs> mindset he's one of the most positive guys you could ever meet so i think that definitely helped with his yeah. recovery as well and that was a question that was one one of the one of the questions was because i'm so studying sports psychology as well at the moment and there was some studies on that exact point you know the fact that if you get injured go look i'm going to do all i can now mm-hmm. i'm going to do all my rehab get my rest in i'm going to do my exercises it was proven to be, those got back a lot quicker than people mm-hmm. are saying oh jeez i got injured again and just i, I, I remember I re- reading this. about paul o'connell the rugby player and i think i think it was a broken thumb or something at the time but the interview was that he said the first person he'd seen after the physio and stuff was a psychologist a sports psychologist mm-hmm. But I couldn't see the value of it at the time reading that. But now I realise all the times that I had different breaks and different injuries, and you come back too soon, and you're telling yourself you're you're okay, but you know deep down you're you're minding yourself, and subconsciously you're kind of playing within yourself all the time, protecting yourself. So 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 there's definitely a huge value to that stuff. Yeah, um, and I suppose as things change sometimes for the for the worse um you know i i remember doing a workshop once and i was talking about the push button world that we live in do you know so it's like you know everything's everything's at a push of a button um you can order food you mm-hmm. know your groceries you know online shopping so they're, they're, it's like energy saving gadgets or mm-hmm. or methods but you know whose energy you're saving not the person actually who's sitting there you know not moving and you know their backs inflection all day from seating mm-hmm. office workers drivers you know um it seems to be getting um you know it'd be more and more people who will be struggling sort of down the line if they don't sort of yeah. um, kind of um start working on their mobility and that's the people who will be kind of hunched over mm-hmm. like you see you know down the line I, I think one really interesting thing is about asia like um they don't have convalescence homes because the people in their 90s and hundreds still have their full hip mobility so they, they have full access to their um, ability to walk around and move around whereas here in the western world we, we, we lose and we, we, we start using sticks and zimmer frames until we can't uh, walk independently any longer but um, the studies that showed why they have that is because they're, they're, they sit on the floor, their toilet is on the floor, their bed is on the floor and that's an extra couple of hundred times a day that they use their hips through a full range of motion to get up and down yeah. off the floor whereas we don't they kind of rest in their squat position don't exactly they? Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. for us is user friendly and they have full ankle mobility they can rest in that squat position quite easily whereas when you see the people in western society when we sit down in a full squat position our, our heels rise fairly quickly off the floor yeah but um yeah that was just one instance of how if we if we don't um keep using things we definitely lose them yeah um again if you don't use it you lose it and and that's 
we should definitely take a lot of uh, points from from there now just for people listening um andy if they you know listen to this they're like you know obviously i need to i need to start doing something what what can they literally do without having to kind of go in to hear like a gym or go and see somebody initially obviously they might need a bit of coaching to to find out and find a good coach but what can they do just to get the ball rolling at home is there anything they can kind of start doing more of if they're fairly sedentary um just to get a little bit of mobility um you know addressed so to speak. i suppose um it, it, there was a famous russian scientist called Nik- nikolai amasov i hope i'm saying that right but um, he had a lot, a lot of back surgeries and he wanted to find out how, how could he heal his body and how could he prehab his body for want of a better word and keep it from getting injured again and what he came up was ro- rotation of our joints so so something we do as we get older everything is almost like in a linear plane and we we move forward and we stop moving backwards and we stop twisting and turning so so what he came up was one rotation for every age you are so if you were 76 you'd rotate your finger 76 times and he'd rotate every single joint in his body for whatever age he was. And that proved very successful. And um, a lot of people still use that method. So rotation is basically the key for healing and keeping healthy joints. It's like really um, oiling your joints, if, if you like. Kind of shoulders, hips. like all, Shoulders, you know, hips, yeah. toes, ankles, your neck, Everything. the whole lot. Wow. So, so if you think about it, even with our spine, what we mainly do every day is we flex our spine, but we very seldom side bend. Yeah. Or, or rotate or, or back bend anymore so so they're the movements that we would have done freely as children when we ran and we played and stuff so it's about ex- expressing ourselves through, through those ranges of movement again to to reclaim and, 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 and nourish those joints that's a great little tip I'll be doing 41 uh, rotation <laughs> uh, later on tonight but no that's a good one that'll stick in someone's head like you know just to as you said um, that that plane of movement is just as you said this way and mm-hmm. there's no lateral kind of you know, transverse or anything like that so that, that's a great way of, of getting people moving um and uh what, what about, about uh, i know you put a few posts about isometric exercises how, how important are those as well i think they're really important and um i think I'd, at different times of the year especially um so I suppose when, when people think of training, especially like when people are new to training and stuff, they think about muscles and having big muscles. But Ooh, if, the muscle. exactly, yeah. but if we think of what connects the muscle to the bone is the tendon, and the tendon is probably really important that we need strong tendons um, if we want to have really healthy joints. Yeah. So one of the best ways to affect the tendon is, is isometric holes, which, which can be really boring, but the rewards are, are really beneficial to have strong tendons and basically um, I, I think it's a big help for shock absorption so I mentioned earlier about the guys the guys that were dancing in the street in New York so I was looking at those guys and I was saying jeez I'm bigger and stronger than those guys and I've got more muscle yeah. but when I jump off the wall and land I, I feel like my knees and my ankles and I feel it up through my back I feel it right up through the top of my head so I think the difference there was do- those guys tendons were conditioned so you'd often see a guy who doesn't look strong or developed from the gym or whatever but he's really wiry and ropey and that's the guy who's got really strong tendons um and and, and really tough joints durable joints so that's that's kind of the aim with the isometric work is, is to develop those um uh, strong strong and um healthy joints yeah and i think that's a tendon strength i think so you know i rupture my Achilles tendon there um, or partial rupture was pretty pretty bad enough a couple of years ago and 
I think from playing soccer for 30 odd years, you know, I kind of similar body for like Hector were kind of tall slim. I was always, um, but what I didn't probably do, I was like, oh, I get enough conditioning from doing, from training and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't working on my, my, my um, you know, you might now and again do some plyometrics and some jump work, but like what I'm thinking now, I've done obviously a lot more since this happened. Um, and now I'm probably a lot stronger around those, you know, around the tendon now than I was beforehand Excellent. so now I'm working on it but I found out doing a bit of uh, one that you had up in your story or one of your posts and I did it in a kind of yoga one where you're in that sort of uh, lunge position yeah. with the knee off the ground the back knee and just hold in that position yeah. that isometrics that's that I found that a tough one but I found that a really good one um, sort of building strength through. one of the other big ones I'd use isometrics for is um, improving ranges of motion so the angle you hold at, your, your body will develop strength 10 degrees above and below that position. So oh, yeah. so it's really beneficial to help strengthen weak ranges of mo- of movement. Yeah. Um, and then I said from, from, from what the work and stuff, the exercise you were given, um, you know, I found great, great improvements. And, you know, again, it's just being consistent. Again, I have to get back into it myself. The last few weeks have been a bit mad. Um, so if you were to give a little bit of advice, Andy, to say, let's call it um, um, like a, an athlete, whether it be, um, it's going to benefit all athletes anyways, isn't it, depending on what they do. But, you know, you get a lot of sort of thing, carried car players, basketballers and stuff. Um, if you're kind of a young, you know, it could be youth player or something, um, what would you sort of get them, you know, them, some of them, especially like mad, especially the lads mad to get in the gym, and lift heavy and you know, go straight to the bench press and, and or big squats um, without, um, you know, might not even be able to do a number of push-ups yet and kind of jump on the bar. But what would you advise you give them starting out into their, I suppose, their training age and growing their training age through um, through strength and conditioning? I, I think the first thing is, is to realise wh- why are you going to the gym? So, so if you love playing sport, if you love playing soccer, the gym is an accessory tool to help you um, play soccer to the best of your ability so we're going to use the gym to help prehab the body so we get less injuries and maybe to get a little bit stronger and quicker so i think it's important to never lose sight of that and i think with the age we live in um there's so much stuff accessible like i mean if if you want to see what kind of training ronaldo does i'm sure you could find it up there on youtube or google or whatever but that might not be the training for you i mean he's really uh, like an elite athlete so i think it's important to 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 not get carried away maybe with the fomo and you know trying to do every single exercise in the world but but a few basic exercises like for example you know there's a theory that olympic sprinters squat twice their body weight but but that's not realistic for like like you saying bolt doesn't squat twice his body weight so like that's you know we hear all these different things I i think if i was to pick out a couple i'd like each player to be able to pistol squat all the way down so squat all the way down to his backside touches heel and back up on one leg and that covers a lot of uh, bases as regards being really strong unilaterally and also um, having a full range of movement available to yourself. Also, exercises like pull-ups, shoulder stability exercises, obviously then concentrating on the vulnerable areas of the body like um, building, building protection around the knees, around the spine, ankles, shoulders. Um, so, so those are the things I'd focus in on and, and probably not to lose sight again like I said earlier that I'm using the gym or whatever training extra I'm doing as an accessory tool 
to help me get the full benefit from my sport that I love, which is playing soccer. Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. And it's that specific training. And if you haven't got a kind of going into gym, you don't know what you're doing, that's when, you know, it is good to kind of, you know, ask a coach or get some kind of a, yeah. a direction or a plan because they could be, it could be you're going into a pre-season or you want to, you could be, going into competition phase and okay I might need to get more powerful or you know what's your why I suppose you're mm-hmm. kind of saying there like what, what, what where do I want to get to uh, and what would I need what are the sort of the attributes I'd need for my cho- chosen sport so to speak um, but just mentioning Gar then and I had it written down I, I, I forgot to say it earlier but there was a post you put up and it was really interesting it was about I think it had like I think it was a Dublin player landing okay. and it was like your landing mechanics and how yeah. important they are and it looked like you know that he was going to rip everything or every tendon in his ankle or something the way, he but he didn't. He turned around and scored a point. So, and your 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 point was, you know, is that just luck? And it's very likely it isn't. And I remember Brendan Keeley, who's who's you know the former Kerry goalkeeper. He's been going to you for a long time, and he put up a post recently about. I think he was running down talk, and he went off the path a little bit, mm. and and he, he thought, oh, geez, my ankle's going to go, but he didn't because you know mm. and it's working on the and as you said then i think you put on the sort of like use i think i, I quoted to hear from your your post was it usable strength in all directions mm-hmm. i find that really interesting um just just kind of maybe discuss that. yeah so so if we just take for example um the ankle for example so in a game the reality is like that say if you're a corner forward in gay football no back is going to leave you catch the ball without hitting you or kicking you or spitting at you or whatever. Yeah. And when you do catch that ball, he is going to push you in the back and you are going to fall yeah. awkwardly and, and out of alignment. So so a lot of what we do is to try and train the body out of alignment. So so you're going to put your joints in compromised positions and obviously they're going to, su- if if, the, if it's done correctly, they're going to su- super compensate and come back stronger. But it's something that, um, again, getting back to the kind of training the guys in the circus were doing and stuff this is typical of what what they would have been doing is training the body out of alignment so a lot of what we do is very linear very safe very controlled but what we're trying to do is basically compromise the joints a little bit at a time and develop stronger tendons ligaments and exactly that's really interesting so Um, for me particularly with my ankle the ankle i was going to get operated on at the time what i had been doing was um, I would see a physio before I wasn't able to train in it but before games I'd get it taped up and try and get through a game with it but but what this and I had these special shoes and special orthotics and whatever else wrapping it up in cotton wool and this guy said hey let's let's throw all this stuff away you know Wolf's Law means the bones uh, when they're placed under load will adapt okay. but so what we did was we, we, we put the joint in a really compromised position and it, it basically had to sink or swim but the body is so intelligent it, it will swim it won't sink it won't let you down but um, so that was the start of the journey and um, basically I never got that ankle repaired and I've never played as much sport as I have since and that's without taping and without special shoes or without orthotics or whatever it just shows what the body is, is capable of and of regenerating itself and even getting stronger yeah, and people seem to that why they don't want to push sometimes past, you know, that discomfort or they, mm-hmm. you know, they think, oh, I can't do that, it's too sore. But it's, it, as you said, the, you know, the, the main thing the body wants to do or the brain wants to do just kind of, or keep you safe. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, as you said, putting it into being, and I've said it before in workshop, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, putting it in, exactly, in, in yeah. a comfortable position where, but as you said, the body's very good at adapting to that. Like yeah. once it's 
is continually you know mm -hmm. kind of done so but then when you see it's great to see then you know and you see i suppose like in, in, in obviously basketball is another you know you you're landing a lot so mm -hmm. and you find i'm sure they work a lot on that as well because sometimes you know um you know acls and things and landing wrongly you know so mm -hmm. um i know from right and so i think there's a high incidence of acl tears in, in female athletes as well but the basketball is just a bit more laxity in the joint mm -hmm. but trying to working on that more resilient to that happening you know that kind of valgus yeah. kind of um but uh, you know, the, the, you know, it's a really interesting kind of a field about kind of getting the body and less likely to be on the treatment table once you're kind mm -hmm. of working those sort of. And that's why I like the, the work you do is that sort of more lateral thinking about it. And you know, I've been to physios and, and physical therapists and things like that. But like, it's the first time I remember you getting me to work on the inside of my shin bone. Then you know, the, the tibial anterior, wasn't it, where mm -hmm. you were kind of saying there was just no blood flow going to it you know yeah. it was just rock hard and sore like so it got me to work into that area um and you know then you know working on my ankle that, that helped with that when it came back and did as you said when you measured it it was better i had another sort of extra centimeter or so um and now i know you know i need to keep keep at it and it will adapt so um but no that's really interesting um and how you know that sort of you know, another person could have landed and it could have, you know, whereas your man popped up and popped over a point, like, you know, so it's, uh, it does work, I suppose, um, you know, do you, do you feel this, that sort of strength condition, I suppose, at that level, you know, there are some good coaches around, obviously, um, and it's just finding the right one, I suppose, and, and that's going to, mm -hmm. rather than just, we said earlier, like throwing all the, the different um, scenarios, all the different trainings and mm -hmm. modalities into one session, you know, it should be. I suppose of one of the things I would also say for anyone playing sport is you're going to fall. Yeah. But yet, I don't see anyone practicing falling. You know sure. what I mean? So, so like, if I can bench press whatever, 100 kgs or whatever someone bench presses and they're really confident of pushing um, a weight in that direction, that specific demand, but yet, if you push them over and they fall and their shoulder pops out or their wrist breaks or whatever I mean how how beneficial is it to be able to push that 100 kgs in one straight line so it's it's about being able to be strong through a wide range of motion and 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 having that dexterity in your body and that uh, balance and equally equilibrium and resilience in your joints to be able to meet the demands of the sport yeah that's brilliant really love all this great stuff could be here for the night um We've got a sort of a, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you sort of um, talk about where people can find you, etc. And um, but we normally kind of finish with a bit of a final three. Um, I think you've answered the first one already. <laughs> Your top tips or nuggets to give an athlete or a non-athlete. But what we're basically saying, anyone can benefit from this in their right hand. Like, you know, whatever age, whatever athlete, non-athlete, you start working on your... It's gonna it's gonna benefit you as you mm -hmm. get older anyway. I think I read a study where that the human body is designed to last hundred and eight years. Wow. Yeah, so I think with the nutrition and stuff we have today and um the awareness we have of avoiding I suppose stuff that's detrimental to our health, that we really should be trying to have a body that's firing on all cylinders all that time that's that's able to move around yeah. freely and healthily all the time. And why do you think that doesn't happen to a lot of people? I think I suppose that's kind of more your field, Michael, the mindset of saying yeah. that I can't do it or I'm too old or it feels like it's 
out of what I can do or that I'll never achieve that or I'll never be able to make to the top of Karen Tool or what, whatever it may be yeah. but it's about maybe changing that mindset yeah and you kind of ask someone you know they reel off 10 excuses why they can't do something yeah. before you know even finish the question you know whereas that you know that as I said it's, it's, it is a mindset now it can be it can be changed with a bit of a process but uh, mm-hmm. yeah no that's interesting um, okay number two uh, wh- what or who or what was your sort of biggest inspiration it could be now it could be growing up is there anything that kind of inspired you whether it's someone in your field or someone who played the sport that you played is there anything that you kind of you know was like wow this uh, this guy or girl is uh, any inspirations um, over the years it could be someone you know yeah there's probably lots of them really but um i suppose closer to home really my my uncles were always really supportive of me playing sport and um you know they they, they took me along to games always and uh, really encouraged me to play and stuff and um you know they were they were still treating me the same whether i was absolutely terrible or whether i had a not too bad game yeah. so so that was really important and really encouraging always that's brilliant and to have that support as well you know mm-hmm. because as you said it's uh you know you tried your best on that day you know and it's it's not like you know you see some you could get lambasted or, or <laughs> give it out to my parents or whatever but no that's lovely to have that support brilliant uh and number three um is there a book podcast article that you've come across and was like this is gold like people mm. should be reading this or anything like kind of I think the, the book The Sporting Gene by David Epstein is, is really fascinating Sporting Gene by David Epstein okay. fascinating and anything by Kit Lachlan Kit Lachlan is an Australian guy who like me was really stiff not supple and he wanted to be a middle distance runner could, couldn't do any of that and he decided he actually produced the documentary Pumping Iron by Ar- the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Oh, I've seen that's brilliant. So he was fascinated by the human body and stuff and he was just really upset with himself that he couldn't be a middle listener. He was too sore, too stiff. So he dropped everything and he went to live with the monks in Asia, the Shela monks or whoever and he studied in different places yeah. and he is the go-to guy really on all things to do with um, freeing up the body. Wow, and so his name again was Kit Lachlan, Kit Lachlan. in Australia. There you go, guys. So he's not not too not probably as well known as he probably should be, but I I really find that the top coaches that I look at, whether it's Coach Summer that was the American gymnastics coach, or you know even Ido Portal, who a lot of guys are familiar familiar with now, um, Kelly Starrett, all those guys, they've all taken loads of stuff from Kit Lachlan. It all nearly dates back to his work. Oh, really? So he's really really like like a foundation for. For everything to do with that stuff, I have to check him out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's brilliant. Um, so Andy Fitzmove PT is what you go by on your handle. Um, where can people find you, Andy, and get in contact with it as you should do? <laughs> get a session with this man. I wouldn't be a big uh, social media guy, but um, I have a little camera I bring around the park and stuff. But uh, yeah, Instagram is probably as easy as any to find anyone. But um, don't don't hate me if I don't reply straight away because I'm I'm still on the Nokia so. It's only internet when I'm yeah, at home. the van to help you out with that. <laughs> that the, van is, the van is the man for that, the PR guy. He's the PR guy. Um, yes, yeah, so that was brilliant. Um, so just uh, thanks for coming on, man. Um, I, you know, just to acknowledge the work you do. And I said, since half a dozen people I know, maybe more who come here and, you know, they can't speak highly of it. And I've been here a few times and I'll be back in next week, hopefully, please God. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I found great um, improvements and stuff like that. So really appreciate. And I, you know, as I said, I love the way you think, um, and you know, that's inspires me, inspires other people. So just 
um, thanks for all that. And um, yeah, as I said, we I think you know young and old um, can benefit from this podcast and benefit from those words. So just to you know, whatever age you are, <laughs> I'll be doing forty-one mm. hip rotations and uh, finger rotations later on. So it's a good way just to get going, get the body moving. And I think and I had people in today and came in, they're a bit tired, um, bit kind of. Uh, and they left and they were, you know, bouncing, you know, they were, you know, one actually said, I, you know, the young fellow I'm working with, um, he was like, he was floating, going out the door, you know, so it's amazing when you move the body, what it does physically, but mentally, you know, and you see probably people kind of leaving your, your places, uh, you know, and that's what kind of keeps us in the game for so long, I suppose, it's just mm -hmm. that, that feedback and seeing people, you know, reach and do things that they don't think mm -hmm. they're capable of, and that's what you probably see all the time as well, or, I didn't think I could do that ring. Like I went to you and did the ring, um, that sort of seeing people doing rotations back, and then I then oh, actually I, I can do this, but uh, but I obviously progressions and, and it's like I was buzzing leaving as well. Do you know those so things I'd never done, gone near rings before, so um, that's new to me. But I can see my sh you know shoulder mobility and stuff is getting better, and uh, you know and even just doing my you know as I said squats the last day, my depth is great ankles feeling good so you know it does work guys so uh yeah get on to andy and andy fits move pt on instagram um and uh when's when you're going out on the boat we'll have to jump on this boat trip we keep on talking yeah. about yeah yes, you can't um, you can't keep hiding you gotta get out there i've got to get out there i've got to get out there so now back in the game now and uh that's brilliant so thanks a million for coming in and uh, uh i'm sure you get a lot from this guys so thanks andy and we'll see you soon thanks michael thanks a million so that's a wrap guys on episode number 39 so um yeah really enjoyed that chat with andy um, i'm sure you got a lot uh, from it so check him out on his pages and yeah if you like to share it um would be great rated on apple podcasts um and uh yeah we'll keep doing it guys i've got some uh, some more guests lined up a couple of solo ones as well and um yeah delight to be back had a little bit of a break there um uh, with the podcast but get back in into it now so we'll try and get a uh, try and get them out fairly consistently so uh yeah looking forward to kicking on for the winter with you guys and thanks for all the support and i will talk to you very soon take care guys bye bye